on this week's show, Peacemaker is making the peace over on HBO Max. Is Pixar making a permanent turn to Disney Plus? And who is making their smoking hot confessions? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, PopCultureCosmos.com, all the great stuff that we do on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, plus the tremendous amount of things that you can do at Smoking Hot Confessions, the podcasts, the YouTube channels, the tremendous community at Smoking Hot Confessions. And if you can support all these great things, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without a good friend. And stepping in for Josh Peterson in the hot seat is a good friend of mine indeed. I've known him now for what he would probably say is far too long. He is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out his conglomerate. Because I'm trying to find new ways to describe the entire experience that is Smoking Hot Confessions. I'll tell you what, if you are hungry, it might not be the best place to go because you will get so much hungrier with all the great recipes, all the great ideas, all the great concepts, the barbecuing ideas, the barbecue suggestions, the podcasts, the videos, the ideas, the guides, the whole shebang right there at Smoking Hot Confessions, plus everything else that he does. He's a good man indeed. Please check out everything relating to the Smoking Hot Confessions world today. It is Ben Arnault and Ben Great to have you back as always, my pop culture and barbecuing good friend. G'day, mate. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, always great to have you here, my friend. Just like I said, from the first time that we actually got together and sat down and talked, it's just been like magic ever since, just talking to you every time. Not only have I gained probably 20 pounds in our conversation since then, but still, it's always a great time indeed because you bring so much positivity, so much great things, so much knowledge, insight, not only on the worlds that you deal with regularly, but also on pop culture. I think that's what probably take a lot of people back is like, he is this master of all things grilling, but man, does he know his pop culture? Yeah. I, uh, my, my wife says I have too much spare time. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do something while the food is cooking right there on the grill, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got a, uh, you know, a, a smartphone and a Bluetooth speaker, you can watch the movies and the shows and listen to the podcasts and all the rest of that while you're slow smoking that brisket. It's happy days. Well, since our last conversation, quite a few things came out since then. Obviously, the massive success of Spider-Man No Way Home. We've had the great success, I think, of the Marvel television series Hawkeye that came to fruition. A lot of things going on. Now, as far as the announcements in DC World, in fact, we heard that the Batfleck is no longer, after Flashpoint, going to be the Batfleck. That's the latest thing I heard on IGN the other day. So we'll see how long that lasts. Although, you know, if you back up the Brinks truck, 
and send out the cash. Maybe Ben Affleck will do it again, but he swears it's the last time. So we'll see what happens there. But Peacemakers coming around for this week. We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. But there's so much to talk about in pop culture. What have you been checking out in pop culture? Well, we are actually a few weeks behind the States at the moment. So all our TV and our movie release dates are just a couple of weeks behind. So what have I seen? I've seen the new James Bond. I've seen the Hawkeye series. Peacemaker isn't out for another couple of days. Spider-Man and Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm hoping to get to the drive-in tonight, actually, to to go see it tonight. What a double Um, feature. Yeah, yeah. Well, you pay 40 bucks for the car to enter, and then it's $10 if you want to watch an additional movie. So you just pick one field, and you just park on that field for four or five hours, and then you get to watch the two movies that roll on through that field. So it's been a couple of years since we went out there, but I'm hoping to get out there again tonight. So that should be good. But yeah, you you mentioned Hawkeye there before. I was really skeptical about that, and then I started to watch the different trailers and things that were coming through, and I got super excited about it. I really love how they sort of channeled that original diehard vibe, that kind of that, that action comedy with a kind of a deliberate tongue in cheek, almost wink at the camera moments. Yes. I'd, I really felt that was the first time that I properly engaged with the character of Hawkeye. Cause he was one of those characters that you could kill him off in the Avengers. And I don't think anyone would have batted an eye, but now that he's had this series, I'd kind of feel a bit more connected with that character, which I think is really good. And, you know, we all sat down and we all watched it as a family and as excited as I am for the Boba Fett series, the Hawkeye series has attracted the whole family, whereas Boba Fett only seems to be pulling me in at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I've, I've only had the first two episodes out here in Australia so far. I'm not sure what you're up to over there. So we're on an even plane when it comes to that. Hawkeye will say it has been the best Marvel series. I think you're right. I think when it comes down to it, you are not alone in your assessment that people didn't care about the character of Hawkeye during the course of the past 10 years of Marvel films. But this series has seemingly reinvigorated the character of Hawkeye, not only for now, not only the current Hawkeye, but the future of Hawkeye with both Hawkeye's cape and also Clint. So we're looking forward to seeing both expanded upon in future series or movies or whatever they want to go ahead and do. But I think that the Hawkeye series, to me, is was done so well. It was able to go ahead and tell the stories of both those characters, plus introduce and expand so much more with all these other characters that they either introduced it or expanded upon that really makes for, I think, probably the best Marvel series to date so far. Yeah, I talking about um, about expanding it, I love that that opened the door for the Marvel MCU shows by bringing in Kingpin. I was really hoping they were going to do that. And then I think the first giveaway was the hand, Vincent D'Onofrio's hand when he was pinching the cheek of young Echo. Oh, that looks like his hand. And then there was a, I think the next episode, there was a chuckle or a laugh or something that they played in a recording. I went, oh, that's it. That's it. That's him. And yeah, when he came on screen, I was, you know, fist pumping in the air. And the rest of my family was just looking at me like I was nuts. They had no idea what I was talking about because my wife and son go to bed before all the all the really violent stuff comes on TV. So uh, that they've actually never seen the Daredevil series on Netflix, so they got no idea what was happening. But I would love to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil jump across into the MCU. That would be very cool. That would be very cool indeed. I think it's probably just a natural that, that you'll see a Daredevil series at some point in time. I think it's just going to be a natural because it was the most popular series on Netflix for the Marvel series. I think it's just going to be a natural. So 
I think it's going to be something that you're going to be seeing. I know he's been very coy about it as far as Charlie Cox is concerned. So I think it's something that I think it's inevitable. I mean, we're already seeing Kingpin. I think it's inevitable. We're going to go ahead and see a larger scale version of what Daredevil is going to offer. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. I'd love to see Daredevil come across. I'd love to see John Bernthal's Punisher come across. And I'd like to see uh, Foggy and Karen Page come across. Just because I've I've loved that actress ever since True Blood. I thought she was fantastic in that. But the rest of them, particularly Iron Fist, we can leave behind. (laughs) We don't need to bring, uh, what was his name? Finn something? I think that's universal, not bringing him over, but... I think there is going to be a migration of a lot of the stars. Luke Cage, you're going to see Jessica Jones. I think eventually you're going to see a lot of those major characters from the Netflix series go on over to the MCU and either have their own series revived or become part of the MCU in some form or fashion. So I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well, but I wanted to make sure it's going to be a great time that we're going to have today. We're going to be talking a lot about a lot of great things, including... Peacemaker, like we said, our hopes for Peacemaker coming up this week on HBO Max. Plus also as well, I want to talk to you, Ben, here about Pixar's Turning Red, which has now been moved to a premiere on Disney+. Plus. It is no longer going to be premiering in theaters. I want to ask him if his thoughts on Pixar now is changing and if it thinks that now Pixar is going to be just putting out these movies to Disney Plus as opposed to just introducing these on the theaters. I'm I'm trying to see if there's a focus and a shift for Pixar in the near future when it comes to Disney Plus. We'll talk about that coming up here in a few minutes. Plus also as well Fallout on Amazon Prime that's been officially announced with showrunner Jonathan Nolan, the Nolan family, you know already know what Christopher's done. So Jonathan Nolan is someone who's going to be very invested in the Fallout series. So we'll talk about if that's something that he's interested in as well. Plus also, speaking of Amazon Prime, the boys dropped a release date and a small little teaser. Does that get him excited? We'll talk about that coming up as well. And I wanted to go ahead and mention we want to honor the great Sidney Poitier who passed away last week at the age of 94. So I will have Don Fobbs coming up our TV expert, she's going to be coming up later in the show to talk about her memories, her thoughts on the outstanding Sidney Poitier and what he brought to the industry, what he brought to our culture. So she's coming up on the back end of the show for that. And last but certainly not least, Ben Arnault is going to be keeping you up to date on what's going on with Smoking Hot Confessions and what is popular. Because if you go right now to the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook, you are going to get hungry. If you're full, it doesn't matter. You're going to get hungry because there's so many great things, but what has been the most popular right now at Smoking Hot Confessions? And that's coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first up, my friend, it is Peacemaker on HBO Max. It's coming up this week, I believe on the 13th, if I'm not mistaken. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. This is something that was an offshoot of the very highly critically praised The Suicide Squad. James Gunn is personally invested in directing. He's a showrunner. Even with all the other things that he's doing with the Guardians of the Galaxy and the holiday special and all that, he still had time to create this series. It stars John Cena in a role that I think perfectly suits his, his goofy type character that he's been able to portray on screen. The Suicide Squad, I know we've talked about this last year. It was a great film. For me, it was just off my best of pop culture for 2021. It was the first thing I I took off my list because it was close, but not quite, which means it was a very, very good film. 
which I enjoyed a lot. And I want to go ahead and say that I've got mad props for the film. It didn't do as well commercially as I thought it would do. Unfortunately, it was that for that not the biggest moneymaker. It did pretty good on HBO Max. HBO is very satisfied, and Warner Brothers were very satisfied as far as the direction. So that there's now a series going forward for the Suicide Squad as far as movies are concerned. There's a future for it anyways, as opposed to the original The Suicide Squad. We all know what happened there. <laughs> but I want to hear your thoughts on Peacemaker, your hopes for it, because I think this is one of, since his migration almost full-time and i want to say almost full-time it's not full-time because he's actually stepped into the ring every now and then from wwe i think this is probably one of his best turns ever as this goofy goofy i don't want to say lovable but let's just say committed individual as far as keeping the peace at all cost yeah, I'm super excited about this. And my son has watched The Suicide Squad with us. So yeah, he's familiar with the character as well. So I'm I'm hoping that the show doesn't deviate from the movie too much, but I'm also hoping it doesn't get so graphic that I can't let him watch it because we do love to sit down and, and watch those things together. But it looks absolutely hilarious. As you said, it, it's one of John Senna's strongest characters. I'm always really skeptical when sports stars decide they're going to jump across and become movie stars. But if you watch, say, The Rock's trajectory, like that's a man who dedicated himself to that craft and has become such an enjoyable actor to watch now as opposed to, was it The Mummy 3? Or there was like a the, offshoot no, the of mummy, The Mummy? It was, it was The Mummy Returns. It was the sequel he was in. And I'll just say this. I don't know if I've told you this story, but long time ago when he just started getting into those films and we saw them on your returns, we saw how bad he was in that term, <laughs> even for the short amount of time. Part of it was not his fault because that was some of the worst CGI for his character. If everybody, oh, everybody yeah. knows the battle scene, that's some of the worst computer graphics I've ever seen, but he was not comfortable in what he was doing and in the environment that he was in. You look back, even the, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine stuff that he did, the episode that he did there, and some other stuff that he did right around that time, plus a little bit after. He was not comfortable in what he was doing at that point in time. And I said to people then, in the early 2000s, if he ever got as comfortable behind the camera as he does in the ring, because when he would step into the ring after he did a project, it's like for him coming home and you could tell he would just, the rock character would come out and you, you know, talk the smack and take the smack down to hotel and the whole nine yards. And if he ever got that comfortability that he had in the ring all behind the screen, watch out. And then, yeah, it just, you know, a couple of years later, he got, got some breaks, got in some, you know, I know that there was all these vehicles that he was starring in. Some of them were doing okay. Some of them were not. Then all of a sudden he started to hit big and there went from there. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that as soon as he got comfortable behind the camera, I think it was just like, it was a natural, it was an ability. And I say the same thing for John Cena too. And now you see the point where John Cena is now very comfortable behind the camera and they're very yeah. comfortable, uh, you know, filming on the set. And you can see he's achieved that level when he's still playing like offshoot of Vin Diesel's brother or when he's playing those roles where he's a bad guy, those are still tough for him because he just comes off not very menacing. He just comes off very angry and mm. maybe angry that maybe he's not getting paid enough. I don't know, but <laughs> a role like the peacemaker, I think was best suited for him. It was really a good fit. 
Yeah, yeah. You can you can sort of track his trajectory. It's almost like he's followed in the rock's footsteps. You know, you go back to was it the Marine Two or the Marine Three or what whatever that first John Cena film was. That was actually because we don't get WWE, WWE on, on, on on TV over here. Yeah, the um, WWE produced films like that and helped him. Mm. Yeah, and then they had what the Miz do one and yeah, all these other WWE stars right around the the what the last decade they were doing. They okay, yeah put him in his own movie there you go and yeah i remember he was starting out that way in some of the wwe produced movies and they weren't really going over so well but eventually evolved into the guy that's it seems like that the future is just so bright for him it's just so non-stop the first film that i saw that i went oh this guy's actually like i can stand watching this guy was bumblebee and then there I saw you go him yes in, and then i saw him again in in the suicide squad and i went oh okay all right now i like john Cena. So yeah, I'm super looking forward to Peacemaker. We don't have HBO Max here in Australia, but I'm just lucky that that particular show, HBO Max has struck a deal with a service we have here called Binge. So it's it's going to be out on that same day, January 13 on Binge. Ooh, looking forward to it then. I think Ferdinand, if everybody remembers the animated feature Ferdinand with him as the bull, I think that's probably where his personality really started to shine through. And you're right, Bumblebee, he got critical praise for because that's probably of the whole line of transformer movies which are not beloved by critics i think that's <laughs> no. probably a fancy that one's the only one that's really liked by critics but that's also the one that's probably done the least amount of money so you know i don't want to say that but i mean that's it's out there so mm. be that as it may i mean the the correlation between poorly reviewed movies and people going to the movies i guess maybe you could just throw that right there but i tell you what john cena i'm looking forward to it in the peacemaker are you looking forward to The Peacemaker coming up this week on HBO Max? And we'll actually have a breakdown of the episodes as well on the PC Multiverse. So please let us know your thoughts. And Ben Arnault, I'll tell you what, if you want to go ahead, man, you let me know your thoughts on Peacemaker. I'll share them along. If you want to come back on the air, if you want to go ahead and just send them along, do whatever you need to do, my friend, because you know I want to hear your thoughts on Peacemaker. So just let me know, man. Sound good? Sounds great, mate. Sounds great. All right. And if you want to let us know about Peacemaker, share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, as, as Tim Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! There's so much more to talk about on today's program. Pixar is turning red. That was a theatrical release that was coming up in the not-too-distant future, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. The decision was made this week by Disney, which is not the first time that this has happened to a Pixar movie, that 
it is no longer a theatrical release. It is now going to be a Disney Plus release on March 11th. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, we understand the parameters in regards to the coronavirus, maybe taking a movie that's a mid midline movie, a movie that may not have the highest of prospects, but still a movie that could have made some money at the box office. But there's a level of unsurety, I think, with all these executives so that they're, you know what? We're not sure what this movie is going to do out in the theaters, so we don't want it to tank and have that image and have that stigma attached to it. So maybe throwing it out there on Disney Plus is the best route for it. But this has been several movies now for their animation studios, both the Disney and Pixar movies that they've done in a row that they've moved from theatrical to Disney Plus. The only movie that they put out on the actual theaters, which is now on Disney Plus, is Encanto. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, especially with Pixar movies that they moved over, like Soul, like Luca. I'm wondering if this is not going to be something going on in the future for Pixar, that they're now going to become a Disney Plus pipeline as opposed to a pipeline for their movies maybe going to the theater. Is this something that this might be a permanent change for Pixar? Look, I, I think it, it, it quite possibly could be. I mean, they've they've done it already with, with Soul and Luca, and Luca was a fun little movie to sit and watch with the kids. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I mean, it could be the right play, you know, because I mean, a lot of parents, there's not many sort of grown ups are going to be going, oh, let's go watch this movie. But there would be a lot of kids. And so for parents, having it come out directly onto Disney Plus would be quite attractive because then the parents can just put it on for them at home and the parents don't have to take them to the cinema and sit through the movie. You know, they can, they could, the parents could do something they want to do while the kids are watching the movie. Of course. Um, so I can like I can see some of the appeal to that there. And you know, you you mentioned before all the business about the pandemic and you know, people not wanting to go to cinemas and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why at the top of the show I was talking about going to the drive-in tonight because my wife's not comfortable going to the cinema at the moment. Look, I I think it would be a shame because I'm a cinema buff. I love the cinema, I love going to the movies, I love the experience of sitting in the theater. I can also see that industries change and I think that this could be the way of the future for things like Pixar. I just hope that that doesn't spread throughout the rest of the industry. There are some movies that you just are going to have to go and watch at the cinema. You know, like Top Gun 2 is going to be a cinema only job. I mean, you know, I've like I've got a nice big widescreen curved TV here in the house, but that's not going to do Top Gun 2 justice, you know? So I, uh, I said the same thing with Dune. I saw Dune at HBO Max first, and then I said to myself, this is you know, even on a big screen TV, like you're saying that I have as well, it, it just, it doesn't do it justice. So I actually had to go out and see it in IMAX and I was just floored. I was just absolutely floored. And I haven't I actually seen that one yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to get out and see it. I highly recommend it. It's not my number one pop culture item of 2021 is basically superior than anything else was seeing it in IMAX was just truly an incredible experience. I oh. cannot speak any higher of it. So interesting. Interesting. I, I had read some reviews of it that said that this was going to be the next generation's star Wars. Do you think it's got the legs of the franchise of star Wars or no, no, it's only oh, a okay. movie that's, it's only a movie that's done about $400 million at the box office. And it's still H, one of HBO Max's top, because it came out day and date. So it did money out, out in the theaters, plus still earned a nice living at HBO Max. But I don't well, I don't want to put it in the Star Wars realm. And anybody that's going to be putting it in the Star Wars realm now, I will wait until book two comes out. Part two that comes out in two years, because it did get a green light. 
if that does gangbusters, then we can talk. But right now, I don't want to. Nobody, nobody should be throwing around, around those Star Wars labels around anything right now, especially you know outside of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, because right now we see what Spider-Man: No Way Home that is earning Star Wars like money that even Star Wars can't even earn out of the theater. But I wanted to say that in regards to what we were talking about with Turning Red, which I think is going to be a really good movie for Pixar. I'm looking forward to seeing it on Disney+. Plus. I'm kind of disappointed it's not going to be on the theaters because there's other animated features that are thriving, like Sing 2. That's earned over $150 million worldwide. It's actually done a nice job as the number two movie for weeks now behind No Way Home. So there is still an audience that can go and does go to the theaters for animated movies. I just see that Hollywood, especially Disney right now, doesn't have enough confidence, which I'm kind of finding kind of surprising because the fact that Encanto did so well for them out in the theaters. Yeah, I I must say that I haven't seen those particular movies that, that you're talking about, so I can't sort of comment as to uh, as to how good they are or or not. But Encanto you know, I, I, was pretty good. Encanto was pretty good, and I, I do recommend that if people out there are watching Disney Plus because it is now available on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Well, I've got Disney Plus. I'll have to go check that out. I tend to use Disney Plus more just for the Star Wars and the uh, and the, the MCU one. TV yeah, shows. There you go. They've got <laughs> well, and, got and, and Die Hard, of course. Yes. Yeah, so, well, there you go. But get back for the Beatles. So if you're a fan of the Beatles, I do recommend get back. Uh, My father is a huge fan of the Beatles, and he just spent two weeks here with us, and it was absolutely wonderful. And we were sitting there, and I thought, okay, my dad loves the Beatles. I'm going to put on Get Back, and we're going to watch this together, and it's going to be this great experience for us all. And within about 20 minutes, he pulled his phone out, and he was on his phone like a teenager. I said, and and, and at about 45 minutes, I said, Dad, is this not really interesting to you? And he said, no, I don't really like all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. And as a former semi-professional musician, I was like, are you kidding me? This is like, fascinating. If, to me, it was like a history lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just not into it. And I just I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't understand why he was not into it. Well, if you ever do get back into it, I highly suggest it because it's a long view. I wish it was broken up a little bit more. But yeah, it was just so fascinating behind the scenes, especially because these were the last days for all of them together as a group. I think that's probably why it's so historic. And I think people that are fans or want to know more should go out of the way to see it. But that's, that's just my thing. But getting back to what we were talking about, I, the only thing with me that when it comes to Pixar, I'm going to say that if Lightyear, which is also coming out this year with Chris Evans in the lead role, the predecessor to the idea and the concept of Buzz Lightyear for the Toy Story series, that is a still at this point in time scheduled to be a theatrical release this summer. If that changes to a Disney Plus exclusive, that tells me right there that Pixar going forward may be a predominantly Disney Plus pipeline, which is great for Disney Plus users and Disney Plus subscribers, but I'm not sure it's the best thing for Pixar because Pixar was brought up to be the quintessential animation studio in the world. You know, they worked for that reputation. I actually know someone that works at Pixar and he has worked diligently to earn, you know, along with the rest of the crew there, their place in the animation universe. And I don't think it it demeans them or, or takes a step down per se by going to Disney Plus, but it's always nice when you can have those billion dollar movies that they've had, like the Toy Story series, the incredible movies and things of that nature that have earned billions of dollars at the movie theaters. It's always nice to have that come along with it. And if Lightyear does 
goes straight to Disney Plus because I think of any recent movie that has hit potential from Pixar, I think that's the one. I think that if that goes to Disney Plus, I think that tells me a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that definitely gives a bit of an indication of where the industry's heading. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just very concerning, my friend, but we'll see what happens. Again, the benefit goes to the Disney Plus subscribers like me and you that these Pixar movies are coming straight there because they're usually of high quality, great animation, and you really can't argue with that. So I'm just, like I said, it's always nice to see its success for me from a personal standpoint because I, I have someone that I know that works there and just has really worked so hard over the years to be a, a great part of it and to see their work not getting the kind of mass uh, popularity that a box office hit can bring i think that sometimes is a little disappointing but again you know goes on dc plus and seen by 50 100 million people that ain't too bad that's not bad at all <laughs> what are your thoughts out there on turning red going straight to disney plus please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com we're coming up after the break we've got don fobbs going to be sharing her thoughts on the great sydney portier who passed away this week at 94 then Ben Arnault and I are coming back. We're going to be talking about The Boys, Fallout, and what's hot at Smoking Hot Confessions. We're going to go ahead and find out what that is coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford, along with a good friend of ours who you'll be seeing later this month covering the world of television. It is Dawn Fobbs. She is one of the two great ladies behind the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. I brought her on today because I really wanted to talk to her about something that really hit home with me, and that is the loss that our whole world has had recently with the passing of Sidney Poitier, the absolutely brilliant actor, director, entertainer, artist, civil rights activist, just mm-hmm. cultural icon. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you know so much i feel like almost like you know you would a doctor he has you know when a doctor graduates at certain levels they have all these letters and attached you know what they right. write and all that <laughs> he has all these things that will forever be attached to him that are so right. positive to the community and right i just appreciate you being here don to yeah. talk about this and just seeing the presence that he had at commanding yeah. on screen it was truly remarkable for me but I know I can easily say that, but to the black community, because of what he has represented over the course of decades, decades, I know it's, it's so much infinitely more. And I just, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, just the, you know, what he's done for the community, what he's done for all of our lives for that. Right. Very true. I know I could tell you that I didn't really know about Sidney Poitier until like maybe the 80s, but it was like when I saw him, he had like a presence of like, getting your attention you know some people can just walk in a room and they're in the room and then there's people who walk in the room and it's like they whisper 
your name for you to notice they are there. I thought that he had such a a presence with him. And for me, I think what stood out is that he was so professional that you didn't really hear all of the other stuff that we don't care about, that we have it's to class. Do. Absolutely. Yeah, class. Exudes you class. said the perfect word. It's just class. And I mean, just the fact that he's an Oscar winner, an actor. I mean, dying at 94 yeah. is just like the full life that you can only imagine. Like exactly. if you try to put it into one word, you could just say really dynamic. He's the first African-American to win the best actor Oscar. Exactly. Uh, just, you know, and you know, in, in 1964, I believe yeah. is when he won for Lilies of the Field. Yeah. And I tell you something, for some reason in the last three months, different people have been talking about him and saying different things. And I was like, okay, good. I'm, you know, okay. Sydney still, I haven't seen him in a movie in years, 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 but okay. He's still commanding the same respect, you know, yes. the same revere. And I love the fact that, you know, he's from the Bahamas and he always recognized his family because his entire family is from the Bahamas. It's, you know, he of course was born in Miami because they were on vacation, but just knowing that he always gave homage to his hometown, which is absolutely in the Bahamas. And I love that. But I can tell you the first time I really saw a movie that I didn't feel like it was just so like, oh, that's too far from my time because his acting started way back in the 50s. I was born yes. in 72. So anything that I heard about him was much, much later. But when he played in Raisin in the Sun, and that was in 1961, but I didn't see it until after the 80s. I just thought when I saw him, I was like, well, one, I thought, wow, he's handsome. Two, I was <laughs> like, wow, he has a commanding presence of, I'm serious. I'm here about my craft and look at me. Agreed on that one. Without even saying any of that is what I'm telling you. You know, you never heard that braggadocious type of thing. He just knew who he was. I know he was in a lot of other movies, like In the Heat of the Night. And my other favorite one that I saw much, much later, of course, because that wasn't, it didn't come out till 1967. But again, I was born in 72, so I didn't see it until after the 80s. But guess who's coming to dinner? Of course. That's that really one, one. That's, one, that's the one I actually wanted to say. That's one of my first images of him. <laughs> Because right. I was born in 69, but I saw that, again, one of the first movies I saw of him, to see <laughs> him, and it, like you said, the presence, to yeah. see him in that role, and to see him performing, just basically stand up to everyone else and say, you know what, I'm an excellent actor, I can go out there and do everything exactly. everyone else can, exactly. and to me, it sends an image to Hollywood that, hey, anybody can play any role at any time, given the yeah. right opportunities, and that's something exactly. I wanted to ask you. I mean, Hollywood has been known for its overt racism, yeah. uh, the way it's treated the black community over the course yes. of decades. Yes. I mean, you and I could go on all day in regards to that. So every, and everybody knows out there, I think that's listening to us or watching us, knows exactly what's gone down. That's he, right. to me, represents one of the first monumental steps forward. Exactly. Uh, and also he, you know, even off the camera, yeah. represented that for from the civil rights movement but from an image standpoint i just think yeah. that you know he just did so much for every community and not right. just the black community in general right but you but you you said the exact i mean everything you just said is exactly true but you know it also gives people in my community an opportunity to look at someone and say that person looks like me maybe i can do that too Absolutely. maybe i can have that same respect on the screen and not be you know, one of those fly by night type of actors, but also maybe I can have longevity in whatever it is I do because, you know, he did it. He represented it. He stated it for us. So it is very, very, very important for each community to be able to see their people on TV because it gives that other little child or that other next teenager or that next adult who's just about to give up 
a reason to keep going forward. So that is very important. And uh, he also got to make his directorial debut in 1972 in Buck and the Preacher. And I thought that one was the most amazing one because that was for me, again, I was born in 1972, but for me, that was the first time I ever saw a black cowboy on TV. When I look at a movie, I think I told you this in the beginning, when I look at a movie, it has to be relatable. It can't be stupid. I don't watch reality TV. I don't watch any of that. It has to make sense to me. It has to represent something that is positive. It can't just be, it's only for this person. It's only for that person. I get there's niche movies, like for yeah. people who like animation, for people who like cartoons, for people who like certain things. But I'm saying when you're looking at movies that you're talking about winning Oscars for and Grammys and all these things, it needs to be something that really represents the community as a whole. And I just feel like Sydney Portier was able to be that person who said, hey, I am representing for my community of people and I am here and I'm here to stay. And he did. So I can't wait to actually hear more about his legacy. I can't wait to see more about what his kids have to say, what his wife has to say, just speaking him up. Because I know at some point they're going to get an interview because I already know there are going to be so many more beautiful things we're going to hear that we just didn't know because, you know, we weren't invited in, which I'm so thankful we were not invited in, but we yeah. were invited in on what a magnificent actor he was, what a great ambassador he was and, and what a great human he seems to have been. So that is so exciting to me. I can't wait to hear more about his legacy because now is when we're going to learn about what a great father he was what a great husband you look at this he was married to his wife since the 70s you know how many marriages last since the 70s and you I'm don't count i'm counting them on one hand <laughs> i am so excited i was like wow and I, be, I believe she's 78 years old and he's 94 years old it's like what a beautiful union and I can't wait to hear what a wonderful husband he was. So I don't know who's working on his documentary or if they are, if not. There is a documentary. I will tell you, there is a documentary works. It is being overseen by Oprah Winfrey. So I know she has hand and I know there's other famous individuals but part of it as well. So there is going to be something done that will help remind us exactly the greatness that is Sidney Poitier. So. Okay, good. So maybe in those documentaries, we'll hear from his children. We'll hear from his wife. We'll hear from his family because I'm just looking forward to hearing. So we know what we know and we think he was a great man, but just imagine what the people who really knew him thought about what a great man he was. I can't wait to hear more about that. I think it's going to be even more respect given to him. I don't know what big things, like I said, are in the works, but I'm glad that you told me that because I'm going to keep my ears tuned. So when we have one of these shows one day, I can say, guess what's coming out? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm sure that's something that both you and I will be very interested in seeing. Absolutely. And again, as I, I see some of the greatness that is out there as far as yeah. actors, such as we talked about Donald Glover on the show, I've told you how talented he is. Yeah, John he David is. Washington, I think exudes uh, charisma. I don't want to say he's going to have a career better than his father, but you know what? I really think he's got what it takes to get there. He uh, does. But I see he those does. young men and I see them as far as having the influences that they've had. Yeah. And obviously with, with John David Washington, it's direct. But yeah. with someone like Sidney Poitier, I think that they'll even be paying respect to a gentleman like that because Absolutely. of what he's done throughout his career. But just and, such and, a tremendous individual, just yeah. a truly performer, entertainer, activist. So, I mean, I, like I said, I could go on all day exactly all the great things he did for this world. But absolutely, I want to truly and, you know, and trailblazing onto what you said about Denzel's son and of all course. that. 
Also, keep an eye out for Jaden Smith, which is Will Smith's yes. son. He's been in several movies, and the last one I saw was absolutely wonderful. It was something about in a year or something he died or on the movie, and it was just a roller coaster of excitement. So Jaden Smith is pretty awesome as well. I really believe he's going to come out of that. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because again, we've seen from John David Washington, he's setting out his own mark before people realize that. Oh, Denzel yeah. is his dad. He, yes. he started doing that on his own and started making out That's his right. path his own. So hopefully Jaden yeah. can follow in that. But I'll tell you what, Don, it's just been an incredible time just talking to you about the life and how we remember Sidney Poitier. Absolutely. I want to make sure everybody knows, please, for more inspirational talks and conversations, please head on over to the Mother Daughter-ish podcast because you have your daughter also on that show so you go yes. your inspiration or she, her, she, your inspiration back and forth that's, going that's there right. for you so that's please right. before we head on out i want you to go ahead and let everybody know what you're up to at the mother daughter ish podcast oh thank you so much oh so at mother daughter ish last month in december we gave our talk for the entire month a podcast every single day so we gave 31 talks on what every woman should know well i decided i loved it so much and this month we're doing live video so we're talking about new year new view we figured everybody says new year, new you, but if you don't have a different view or a different outtake on something maybe you hadn't thought about, you may not make it to those things that you want to have happen. It may be another year lost. So we're doing new year, new view. And we're just talking about everything that could give you a different outlook. Like maybe you used to like something this way. Well, what about this just to be able to accomplish it? And also talking about accomplishing that one big goal for this year and the things that you need to put in place to make that happen by December 31st, 2022. So we're having a great time over at Mother Daughter-ish. We saw a big, huge growth of uh, viewers and subscribers for the month of December. And we're looking with the live video to do that again, because again, we're on a mission to bring together over a million women through conversation with mothers and daughters. It is the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Please go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast and give them five stars. If you give us yes. five stars, please yes. give them five stars as well. Thank you in advance. <laughs> i tell you what, Don. First off, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on the life and the greatness that was Sydney Poitier. Right. I want to go also go ahead and make sure everybody knows that later this month, I'm going to get you back on. You know, a lot of these series started up at the beginning of this month. So, Oh, I know. <laughs> second part of the season for many of these shows. So I want you to go ahead and check in with us later this month to track on oh, what's yeah. doing well, what's mm -hmm. not doing so well, and mm -hmm. your thoughts right now on the start of 2022 in television. Does that oh, sound it's, okay? It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm telling you, we've got them lined up and we're waiting on two of them right now to come on in about a week and a half. And my daughter and I, we are like on the edge of our seats for a couple of them. Well, then I'll wait for a little bit longer then just so you can go ahead and have that in the books by the time you meet up with me once again. Sound good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Don. It's been terrific having you on. Again, I wish it would have been under better circumstances, but right. remembering okay. the life of someone great like Cindy Poitier, you could talk all day about different things that he's accomplished in his career. Yeah. I truly want to pay respects to his family. Thank you so much for everything that you did, Sydney. And again, just cannot thank you enough, Don, for stopping by. The pop right. culture cosmos. Thank you. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram 
for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show with the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank Don Fobbs for spending some time with us, sharing her thoughts on the late, great Sidney Poitier, one of the true stalwarts in the entertainment industry ever to come across. Ben, any thoughts on the great Sidney Poitier before we head on out? Look, he was a, like a pioneer. He was a trailblazer, you know? I mean, you, you see actors like Chadwick Boseman. You, you see actors like him saying thank you to Denzel Washington for paving the way for him. And then actors like Denzel Washington say, well, thank you to Sidney Poitier for paving the way for him. I mean, you know, he, he was a groundbreaker in the true sense of the word. You know, he really showed what was possible and sort of, you know, struck out there against the odds and sort of, you know, took his personality and, and you know, brought himself to the screen and showed it to the world in a way that sort of made it possible for other actors to do the same. It's a real shame that we've lost him, although I did hear he made it to 94, which is not quite as far as Betty White, but 94 is still very good. If I can get 94, I'll be very happy. Uh, I can be very happy with that as well. If I can get anywhere in the 90s. That'd be great, but it's not too far away for me. So I better not say too much about that, but (laughs) I will say this, that again, thank you so much to her for sharing thoughts on Sidney Poitier and our respects to the family indeed in regards to his passing and also as a great stalwart of the entertainment industry. But before we end on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this in regards to The Boys. It finally was announced for The Boys Season 3 as a June 3rd release date came out with a little bit of a trailer it was more of a one of their seven on seven news articles mostly just dropping hints on what you could be seeing for season three and then it closed out with homelander right there with starlight and homelander for a photo op looking very menacing indeed i mean your thoughts on the boys i would have made a well i should say here in america i will say that the viewing audience for broadcast television is going up here in the next couple of weeks because american football is going into their playoffs And that is a huge audience, plus also the college football playoffs. The finale is going to be on this Monday. I would have put it actually the announcement on one of those platforms to make sure everybody knows about it. But your thoughts on the boys, it's coming out in June, so there's still plenty of time to spread the word. But I'm looking forward to it because to me, it's one of the best shows on TV. Oh, without a doubt it is. It's definitely not kid-friendly. My son has never even heard of it, thank God. And none of the kids at school seem to be talking about it, though. They all seem to be talking about Squid Game, which is a bit concerning. Um, Uh Oh, yeah, Squid Game. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Oh, you are too. I hadn't even noticed. The violence, like you said, is really something that maybe parents should actually have to think about before they Yeah, yeah. And, And absolutely, definitely with the boys. But it's it's so good, that show. I mean, all the characters are so complex. They're just so deliciously messed up, each and every single one of them. Homelander's got to be one of the most well-created characters that I've seen on TV in such a long time because you, you just hate him so much through and through. But you can also see how and why he is the way he is. So you almost almost sympathetic towards him but but then he just does something else and you're like okay no no forget that guy no we need to see him blown up or torn apart or something but like none of the characters are particularly likable like none of them are nice people none of them are the stereotypical good guys it's just so fascinating to watch i truly have a great time seeing it It, again as nobody can forget about the boys because it's just so good it's absolutely just so good 
Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing that again in June. And I just can't wait. Really looking forward to it. As am I, my friend. As am I. But if you are looking for The Boys, it's coming out in June. Were you excited for the trailer and everything that went on? The little teaser that was said? And are you excited to see more footage coming for The Boys? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. One last thing I wanted to hit you up with, and that is Amazon Prime with Fallout. The announcement that a Fallout series is coming to Amazon Prime with Jonathan Nolan, not Christopher Nolan. I often get those two mixed up. Christopher Nolan, the eccentric and outstanding director who has done Tenet and so many other different movies of the past decade, Inception and Interstellar. And you could just list all the these big blockbuster movies that he's done. Well, his brother, Jonathan Nolan, is going to be the guy behind this. And he's done a, quite a bit of work himself in the industry. And he's going to be heading up this Fallout series. So what are your thoughts on Fallout? I know that I've been hoping for a Mass Effect series because there's rumors that it's also going to be heading to Amazon Prime, which I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it will. But Fallout you know, is something with the apocalyptic type scenario that a lot of people have been interested in the game series up until fallout 76 has been very lauded <laughs> we won't talk about fallout 76 too much but i think you know the story from there your thoughts on fallout heading to amazon prime yeah look i i came to the fallout scene a bit late what was the game before 76 was it fallout 4 or fallout 3 yes. Four. fallout yeah. 4 yeah and then they yeah, had so also fallout new vegas which was made by obsidian which now Obsidian and Bethesda are now both owned by Microsoft. So imagine that small world. Yeah. 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 So look, I've really only played fallout four, but I really played fallout four hunting out all the different side quests and, uh, you know, building up different suits each time and and all that sort of stuff. I love post-apocalyptic shows. My wife jokingly says that my Netflix account is too dark to look at. And when she's feeling really low, she'll get into my Netflix account. She'll go find something <laughs> something about, of mine to watch. But now I've been thinking about this Fallout show. I think that the timeline of the alternate universe of Fallout is going to be really interesting. This sort of this 1950s-esque, but I love the 1950s as a time period. You know, that's when designers knew how to actually design interesting cars and all that sort of stuff. So I think we're going to see a lot of different sort of unique period piece designs which are going to be quite fascinating to watch and i mean you know if it's going to be done with jonathan nolan i mean you know he's part of the westworld team and person of interest so you know he knows his tv and i think that that can only mean good things for it the expanse is finishing up its run on the amazon prime so they've already dealt into sci-fi a little bit so we'll see what happens i'm looking forward to fallout i'm looking more as well to a mass effect series if that does get hopefully solidified how cool would that be but Fallout is a definite for Amazon Prime. So that's great to see. I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of great vibes we can see from the Fallout series when it heads to Amazon Prime. So what are your thoughts out there? Is Fallout on Amazon Prime going to be something for you? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we head on out, it is Smoking Hot Confessions. It is the place to go for everything barbecue and good food. I see things dropped on the community page on Facebook seemingly three or four times a day as far as beautiful dishes that sent from all over the world on it. Just tell me exactly what has been so great about SHC recently and, and what is the most popular thing right now that people are talking about? 
Yeah, well, we've just had sort of Christmas and New Year's, so we've seen all sorts of different things happening. One of the things that a lot of people from the Northern Hemisphere sort of forget is that in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas is hot. Yeah. And so we don't do the giant turkeys and all that sort of stuff. So what is one thing that we often do here is we'll get a leg of ham and we'll baste that and we'll do that in the barbecue, put it in the fridge and chill it down and we'll have cold cuts for lunch on, on Christmas Day sort of thing. So there's been a lot of that happening in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. Lots and lots of different recipes are popping up in there for different glazed hams. And I'm just, just scrolling through it fantastic. now. I'm just scrolling through it now, my friend. It is just, my gosh, my mouth is watering. Talk about banning stuff on social media. This might have to be banned because it just looks so good. I'm just scrolling through each page on the Smoking Hot Confessions community there. It's just, oh, it just so good. So good. Terrible, yeah. man. To someone who's trying to lose weight, this is just terrible. This is just absolutely terrible. Yeah. If you're trying to lose weight, it might not be the group for you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are looking for great dishes, great ideas, and absolutely great looking food, there is no better place to go. I'm just telling you right now, because I've been checking it out over the past few months, like you said, and just the ideas, the active community, what you've created and what you've helped grow is just truly tremendous from our first conversation to now to see the kind of interactivity and the ideas and the beautiful looking food and the conversations from all around the world. It's just tremendous, my friend. You got to be really happy with that. I am. Yeah. Look, it's, I, I, I often say it's, it's one of the friendliest groups on, on the internet. The result is just a really nurturing, encouraging community where people who've just bought their first barbecue We'd love to hear from them. We like, you know, we we love posts where people say, "Hey, I'm a complete newbie. This is what I've got. What should I do?" It's really welcoming. It's really engaging, as you say. Any post that I put, I always start it with "Hi, family," because that's the the kind of the environment, the feel that we want in that group. You know, everybody's welcome. We don't care where you come from. We don't care what you cook on. Just as long as you're relaxed and happy and positive and encouraging to everyone else in the group as well. So that's what that group's about. That's what we're doing there. And, and it's, it's been really good. So we share all our podcast episodes in there as well. And I actually do the recordings live in the Facebook group so that people can ask questions during the recording and, and, and have them pop up on the screen. So then they can engage with the guests that I bring on the show as well. You just done a sensational job because I'm looking at it right now again you're, I'm looking at marinated chicken thighs that are Greek inspired that just look absolutely fantastic. They were grilled on a Weber Traveler. You've got right next to it a mango cheesecake, which is absolutely delectable. Then you've got the different briskets, the different meats that are smoked, grilled. You've got broiled chickens. You've got, oh my gosh, the, the list just goes on and on. And the ideas there are just immense. And you've got the podcast that you bring out just so often that describe everything going on, the interviews that you go into depth in regards to the world of barbecue, man, it's just such a great experience, but please share to everyone out there exactly where they can get all this great stuff at. Because if you love food, which, you know, as humans, you love food, <laughs> please, this is the place to go. So please, once again, let everybody know where they can go for SHC, all things Smoking Hot Confessions. Well, the home of Smoking Hot Confessions is smokinghotconfessions.com. That's where we put all our podcast episodes, all the different product reviews, recipes, 
how-to articles, hints and tips, all that sort of stuff. The next best place to check us out is over on YouTube. We're Smoking Hot Confessions over on YouTube. We put our recipe videos are exclusively on YouTube. So if you want to find out some different ways of cooking different things, go check out our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe and hit that little notification bell. We're starting to put a bit more focus on cooking videos. So we've got a few more of them coming out. They're getting some great engagement at the moment. And we're putting a bit of an Aussie spin on things. So we're doing lamb, we're doing, uh, you know, some some seafood, all that sort of stuff as well. So check us out there. Facebook, where Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community is the group and Smoking Hot Confessions is the page. Facebook being what it is, the engagement, the group is really firing really nicely. So come along, join us over there, Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. And we are Smoking Hot Confessions on Instagram and Barbecue Confessions on Twitter. Oh my gosh, my mouth is just watering right now at these wings made in a cherry jalapeno rib glaze. Oh, oh, this is just terrible, man. Every time. Now I got to go. Now I got to go run to the store again to buy more food because I'm so inspired after checking out everything and smoking on confessions. You did it to me again. again. <laughs> yeah, well, we've just had a bit of a holiday out in the bush. We had almost a week out in the woods, in the bush, as we say here in Australia. And so we've been doing a whole lot of live fire camping. And I like to use a Dutch oven when I'm there. So I've been taking the lid off it, popping it upside down over the coals and using that as a grill and doing some ribeye steaks there. I had a sweet potato, which I punctured all over with a fork and wrapped in foil and just threw straight onto the coals. I had a whole bunch of sweet baby carrots that I covered in honey. And it's a barbecue rub from the United States. Actually, it's Lane's Barbecue. It's called Garlic Plus and it's garlic and herb spice rub and I throw that all over the carrots double wrap them in foil and throw them directly over the coals as well and so we had beautiful ribeye steaks with beautiful soft sweet potato which I think is similar to what you probably call yams and honey garlic carrots like just directly over the open fire which was just so good did a whole bunch of different stuff we had a roast lamb one night we did a butterflied leg of lamb I put a trivet in the bottom of the Dutch oven it's what we call a camp oven here in Australia is a, is a Dutch oven. Dutch oven means something else over here. So I put a trivet in the bottom of the camp oven, dice up a bunch of potatoes and carrots, drizzle them in olive oil, hit them with that same garlic plus rub and sort of give them a bit of a toss. And then the butterfly leg of lamb was pre-marinated because that was the only one that they had at the store at the time. So it was a pre-marinated butterfly leg of lamb and just sit that over the top and then uh, shovel out some hot coals from the fire sit the Dutch oven directly on the coals on the bottom and then put a shovel full of coals over the top. It was about 45, 50 minutes later and we had this beautiful roast dinner out in the bush by torchlight. We've had some really good times out there the last couple of days, but I'm back at home now and I've got a a couple of different businesses have sent me some different things they want me to do reviews of. So we're going to be setting up the outdoor kitchen studio again in the next couple of days and getting back onto that and getting production started again after the holidays. And you can hear more today at smokinghotconfessions.com. He is the man indeed. It is Ben Arnault. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Boba Fett is good. I think it's okay. I think it's pretty good. Second episode is better. I know a lot of people are just saying it's like a slow burn. For me, it's been a slow burn up until now. But I think it's been very well worth the watch. I know some people have just been like, "Uh, it's too slow. I think people just have to be patient. And I think good things will follow with the book of Boba Fett. I think it needed to be a little bit slow. You're basically reintroducing 30 years of backstory. Yeah. Because we, we, we saw him disappear into the Sarlacc and then we got this sort of this almost cameo in the Mandalorian and then you've got to try and fill in that 30 years of history in between. So, yeah, I like I think, 
Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I know we'll talk more about it on the PCC Multiverse for Friday, but Ben Arnault, if you have any more stuff you want to go in and let us know, please, you're welcome back anytime. Go ahead and talk about what's going on with Boba Fett, the MCU, DC. I know we love talking Batman. I guess we'll be talking the Batman when that movie comes out. So I'm looking looking forward to that. I know you are. I know you are. You said that last year, so I know you are this year, my friend, because it's around the corner. I'm looking forward to talking more great things with you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Ben Arnault, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.